If you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37. We uh, finished up our study in the book of Joel. And, uh, and I've been thinking for a while, uh, the next series really to go through. And, uh, and I thought of, instead of doing like a book, I thought of doing uh, characters. And so for the next 10 weeks, uh, we will look at the life of Joseph. And uh, there is so many lessons, really, that can be pulled out of the life of Joseph. And, uh, and I believe it's so important to uh, get some of the uh, lessons that we can learn out of Bible characters. And there's many Bible characters in, in the Bible, obviously. Uh, you could spend uh, a lifetime going through them all. And, uh, and we, we will not have time to do that. I have my book, in my office rather, a book uh, says all the men of the Bible. And it's quite, a, it's quite comprehensive. It has uh, all of them. It doesn't give a lot of detail about every one of them because in the Bible there's a lot of detail uh, not mentioned sometimes about some of the men. Uh, and then I have another book, All the Women of the Bible. Uh, and it's quite amazing, really, all the characters uh, that are involved in, in the Bible. And there's so many lessons that really uh, that we can learn. And uh, uh, so before we get into this, too, I want to say this, that, uh, uh, that I, I feel scruffy. Um, I, we've been doing No Shave no, November, and maybe you weren't aware of that, and said, man, Pastor looks a little scruffy. Uh, I, I feel scruffy. This is my least favorite stage. Uh, I, like a, I like a decent-looking beard, but I, I don't like the in-between stage of scruffiness, and so uh, I feel scruffy. I've always been clean-shaven, and this is probably the longest I've ever gone. And so if you notice, some of our, our men around here are looking a little, little scruffy. Uh, that's why, okay? So we started No Shave November. And uh, not everyone's doing it, but, but some are. And so if you see some scruffy people, uh, say, man, that's kind of a scruffy looking church. Well, uh, not always. Okay, usually we're not. And so, uh, so that's why. But, uh, but we're having fun with that. And uh, you say, well, what's the value of that? Well, there's none. It's no spiritual value. Okay, I've, I said that in the beginning. Uh, the most spiritual value you can get out of it is that Jesus had a beard. And, uh, and I thought, well, see, we're being conformed to the image of Christ. If you want to spiritualize it, uh, then we're going to look more Christ-like because we have a beard. So uh, I'm just kidding, of course. That's nothing here nor there. Uh, Genesis chapter number 37 and the life of Joseph, and I'm pretty sure that Joseph had a beard too, um, maybe not in his early days, but uh, uh, I'm sure that he did. Most Bible, in Bible times, really, most of the uh, Jews did grow beards. Matter of fact, they were, uh, they were required not to square off the corners of their beard, the Bible says. And so uh, it's interesting that even the care of the beard was specified in Scripture for uh, some things, and I don't know all the details of it, but I do know that they're mentioned in there many times. Um, but we're not going to talk about that this morning. Uh, matter of fact, it doesn't even mention anything about a beard. So uh, Genesis chapter 37 and verse number one, the Bible says this, and Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors." 
And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And let's stop and have a word of prayer before we get into our, our message this morning. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the many blessings in our life. And God, truly you are so good to us. And God, I pray, uh, even in this week, as we think about Thanksgiving, that we would pause in our lives, Father, and we would take time uh, to give thanks to you for the many blessings, for the many things with which you've uh, blessed us. And God, we do thank you even for the liberty and privilege that we have to gather in your house around your word. God, may we never uh, forget the fact uh, that we are free in this country. And uh, God, may we never forget to thank you for that freedom. And God, I pray that you would just uh, use me this morning. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that, you're, uh, that, that as we look at this text and as we look at Joseph, God, we would learn lessons from the, the character of the life of Joseph. And Father, I pray that you'd help us to apply those to our lives. And God, will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, uh, understand that, that Joseph was uh, a type of Christ. And so there's many, uh, there's many parallels uh, to the life of Joseph and that of Jesus Christ. And we might point some of those out, uh, but they're, they're, they're known and they're certainly there. That's not to say uh, that Joseph is Christ. He is certainly not, all right? Joseph is a man, uh, just like any other man, but there's many parallels and there's many uh, prophecies kind of through that are portrayed by example in the life of Joseph. One of the most prominent ones, and I'll just point this out now, though it comes later in his life, uh, well, actually it comes here uh, is, is that he was uh, sold, um, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back and look, I think it's in this passage uh, that we'll look at, but he was sold uh, to into slavery, and that kind of portrays Jesus being sold uh, as Judas had betrayed Jesus and sold him for those 30 pieces of silver. And so that's just one of the examples that we will see throughout the life of Joseph. Um, now, Joseph does not start in Genesis chapter 37. Uh, this is the bulk of where he starts. But really, he's mentioned prior to this as well. We'll not turn there for sake of time. But in Genesis chapter 30 and verses 22 through 24, it mentions Joseph's birth. And Joseph was born uh, to Rachel. And, uh, and J Rachel had been barren for many years. If you remember the story of of, of course, Jacob and Rachel. Jacob had worked for his father-in-law Laban uh, for seven years so that he could marry Rachel. And, uh, and Laban was just as much as a, of a swindler as Jacob was. And so uh, he, instead of allowing him to marry Rachel, he gave him Leah instead and said, uh, well, you got to work for another seven years and then you can have Rachel. And, uh, and so he worked for another seven years and then he eventually married Rachel, uh, who he wanted to marry the first time around. And, uh, and, and for years, Rachel was not able to have children. And Leah was able to have children. And so uh, there, there came this problem that uh, Rachel being barren and not having children uh, was, was, she was upset by it, really. 
uh, in Bible times, uh, bearing children was very important to them. And, uh, and, and you imagine with farm work, uh, you know, having more hands on the farm is always helpful. And the, and the more hands you have on the farm, uh, the larger farm you can have. Uh, and if you only have one guy and, uh, and you're out there laboring in all the fields, boy, you'll work your tail off uh, just to have a, any kind of farm. But then if you're able to get more people, the better off you are. So that was very important to them. And so finally, uh, Rachel was able to have Joseph, and Joseph was her uh, oldest child. And, uh, and so there's a, a semblance as we read through this that we, we just saw, we, we were able to see there that, that Joseph loved, uh, or Jacob, excuse me, or Israel, because his name was changed to Israel, loved Joseph more than all the others. It was uh, from Rachel, and it was his firstborn from Rachel. So there's a little bit of uh, information on all of that. And then he's mentioned again in Genesis chapter 33, uh, in verse 2, after, after Israel, or Jacob, had worked uh, with Laban, uh, he eventually was going to leave. Now, how, how did Jacob, we're just kind of given some background information. How did Jacob end up working for Laban in the first place? If you remember, uh, Jacob had a brother, Esau. And, uh, and they, they had some problems. They had issues there. Uh, in other words, Jacob went in, and I said he was a swindler. He went in, and he, and he stole uh, the blessings from his father. What happened is uh, his father uh, came time to die. That would be Isaac. That would be Abraham's only son, Isaac. And then, uh, well, one of his sons, rather. Uh, but then later, uh, he had Jacob and Esau. And so uh, those two brothers were there. And they, they, there was a lot of issues there. Uh, we don't have time to get into all of it. But eventually, uh, Jacob went in and stole the blessing from Esau that Esau should have received. And so Esau was so upset, he said, hey, uh, I'm going to kill my brother. I mean, that's how upset he was. And so Jacob fled and left, and that's where he ran into Laban. And now he has spent some 20 years uh, laboring there with Laban, and he's leaving. And he's coming back in Genesis 33, and he's about to meet Esau again. And he said, man, you know, 20 years ago I did this to my brother, and he was mad. He was going to kill me, and, uh, and perhaps he would do the same thing. Uh, now and he would kill me so he was fearful of that so he lined up all of his family and he had a, a bunch of kids and and so he lined them up uh, and he put Rachel and uh, and Joseph at the end and uh, and he thought you know listen if if it goes bad and my brother you know wages war against us then hey Rachel and Joseph can flee and get away safe uh, and if things go good, then it's not a problem. So we see that even that, that favoritism there uh, was part of it and, and the love that Jacob had uh, for Joseph. And then again, he's mentioned at the end of chapter 35, uh, and there's hardly anything said really about Joseph uh, back in Genesis 33. It's more of a background, and he's mentioned again in chapter 35. And again, it's just kind of a mention of his parenthood, or his parents rather, that uh, he was born of Ra to Rachel, and, uh, and he had one brother. It was Joseph and Benjamin, and when Benjamin was born, uh, his mother Rachel died. Now, he's only 17 in the, in the chapter that we read, so uh, we can understand that his mother really died uh, when he was young. And really, that's a, a, a sad point in the life of Joseph. 
and he only had one other brother from his mother that would be uh, Benjamin. So it was just him and Benjamin. And, uh, and so that's just kind of a little background. And then we come up to chapter 37 and we find that this is a bulk of where Joseph's story begins. And we'll look this morning at Joseph as the son. And, uh, and just some of the interesting characteristics as, of Joseph as the son of, of Jacob. And, uh, and look here as we read in our text. Um, it, it says again there in verse number one, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with his sons of Zilpah, uh, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Verse 3, now Israel, that would be Jacob, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. So we find uh, in the first portion of this, uh, we can see the purity of Joseph. And as you look at the life of Joseph, you'll find uh, that purity is strewn throughout his entire life. And it really started even here in the young age. And listen, it's encouraging to see Joseph at such a young age have a, a clear, uh, pure character that is displayed. And what a message to young people. Listen, you don't have to wait uh, to become older in life to have a pure character, even at a young age. The Bible tells us at 17 years old. Now, I know our teenagers are over there, but listen, it's important for us adults to understand, too, that, hey, even young people can have a pure and a good character in their life. It's not impossible. And, uh, and Joseph is certainly an example of that. And his purity helps us to understand. Uh, now, we understand as well, we'll see this throughout the life of Joseph, that there was a price for that purity. Uh, listen, purity does not come easily and it does not come cheaply. Sometimes there is a steep price to be paid for doing what is right. And anybody who's been saved for any length of time knows that, that, hey, sometimes it's not easy to stand for what's right. It's not always uh, the easiest road to take or the easiest path to take, but it is always the right path. And so as we look at the purity of Joseph, I want you to see uh, really in the, 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 his report that he would bring back to his, his father. And now there's a lot of people that would say, well, you know, uh, Joseph was a tattletale or, or some of the other natures. But really, there was a lot of validity in, in his report that he would bring back to his father. Uh, and what was that? I want you to notice as well that, that he did work. Uh, Joseph, sometimes being the favorite, you know, parents sometimes play favorites. Uh, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, that one doesn't have to do anything. Joseph was busy working. He wasn't a favorite in that he just sat around and, and what, everything was given to him. No, not by any stretch. Matter of fact, we see him. He's working, the Bible says in verse number two, uh, with, with his brethren. He's responsible to go out and feed those flocks that, that his brethren were taking care of. And so he was, he, he was taught good work ethic. Um, boy, you could spend all day on that right here. Uh, we are so lacking a, a work ethic today. 
And there's such an entitled mindset. Well, everything's supposed to be given to me. Listen, if somebody's giving you something, it's coming from somewhere, and someone worked for it. Uh, My dad used to say, I remember my dad saying my whole life, uh, there's nothing free in this world. And that's true. There is nothing free. If somebody's giving you something free, somebody paid for that. Uh, and it's really not free. And, uh, and so there was a good work ethic that was instilled in Joseph. And, uh, and he had a responsibility. And when he worked with his brethren, listen, he saw the evil that he did. Now, I know among siblings, sometimes there is... Uh, excessive tattling. I, I had an older brother and a younger brother. I can tell you uh, that, that I know that that exists. But we're talking about 17 years old. We're not talking about children. We're not talking about five-year-olds. We're not talking about uh, 10-year-olds. We're talking about uh, 17. And he was towards the latter part. So all his brethren uh, would have been much older than he was. And here he is, he's working with them, rubbing shoulders. Now, who were all of his brethren? We're not going to name them. There was was, uh, uh, 11 of them. Uh, There would have been 10 of them, not counting Benjamin, his younger brother, and there were 12 altogether. But but at least that we know of that were mentioned prominently, these brothers were troublesome. Uh, You go back and, and what's the history of them? Hey, listen, it's all recorded for us. We know what the history of them is. Uh, We're not going to go back for sake of time, but in Genesis chapter 34 and verse 25, uh, there were reports of their murder and how they went in and and, and killed the town. And uh, and certainly they were problematic and and Jacob was upset by what they had done. Uh, Genesis 35, uh, we find that there was incest took place. And, uh, and so you say, well, man, uh, yeah, it's, it's in there. Go back and read it. I mean, it's worse than a soap opera. It really is. Uh, and we find that there were lots of problems that they had. In chapter 37, right here in our chapter, uh, we find their hatred. And, and we're going to cover some of this stuff. We find that they sold Joseph into slavery. Uh, and, and we find that they lied to cover it up in, in Genesis chapter 38. And we find their, uh, their immorality and, and all of the things that go on in their life. And what I'm simply saying is, listen, the fact that Joseph would bring back an evil report on a lot such as this does not strike me as odd. Because those things didn't just happen as a result of Joseph. Those things had been taking place. And the Bible tells us that, uh, that what's in the heart will come out. And so uh, these brethren that Joseph had uh, were very problematic. And, uh, and Joseph would take that report back to his father uh, as we see that in verse number Two at the very end, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Joseph would carry that back to his fathers, and and so I think that was uh, I think there was certainly a lot of validity in his report. Uh, now you say, well, should have Joseph done that? Well, I think who was he telling it to? He was going back to his father. I think that was a reasonable place to take it. I mean, he could have spread it all around town. Joseph wasn't a talebearer. He wasn't a gossip. He was going straight back to his father and saying, look, uh, here's the problem uh, that is taking place with, these, uh, with, with, these, with my brethren, really. And, uh, and, jo- and Jacob was concerned, really, for the flocks and for the state of his flocks and the affairs of his children. And, and so uh, for Joseph to take it back to his father, I think, would be justified. Um, 
Joseph was uh, not only that, but I think Joseph was motivated or motivated, excuse me, uh, by truth and righteousness. Uh, you'll see that in the life of Joseph uh, going forward, uh, he has a very clean record. Was he perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. But he had a very good record. And so I think there was a lot of validity in Joseph's report that he would bring uh, to his father. Not only that, but I think uh, there was virtue uh, that he would take it uh, to his father. Uh, Joseph was truly different than his brothers. There's no doubt about it. Joseph worked with them in the fields, but he did not participate in the evil that they had done. We're going through the book of Proverbs on Wednesday nights, and, uh, and we've, we've seen this several times because it comes back up time and time again that many times, uh, matter of fact, we just, let me, let me turn to that verse. We just covered that this week uh, in, in Proverbs chapter 29. I believe it's the last verse, if I'm not mistaken. And if you would like to turn there in your fast, you can save your spot in Genesis. We'll be back there. But Proverbs chapter 29, it says this. Proverbs 29, 27, the very last verse of Proverbs 29, it says, An unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. In other words, Joseph's brothers uh, and he uh, were heading in opposite directions. And, and what Joseph thought was right, that's what he did. And what his brothers uh, wanted to do, which was evil, uh, they would do. And you could see how they're heading in complete opposite directions in their life. And so you could see how one would be an abomination to the other. And the, the, uh, Joseph would be an abomination to his brothers. And, and his brothers would be an abomination to him. And they just were not compatible uh, because of the problems that existed between them. And so Joseph certainly brought uh, a report uh, of the bad and the wrong that, he, that his brethren had done. And so we can see that he was purity, uh, or his pureness, I guess, would, would be the word, uh, and that he stood for what was right. And, uh, and certainly that's a difficult thing to do. Not only that, but I want us to notice in the life of Joseph, the privileges uh, that, that Joseph had. Joseph certainly was awarded a few privileges. And, uh, and I think, it's my opinion, that those privileges uh, were partially because of the righteousness that he lived. In other words, because of his pureness, because he was uh, standing for truth and trying to do what was right. One of those privileges was a vesture. Look with me there in verse number three. We find that, that coat of many colors. The Bible says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Uh, and this was a this coat having many colors. Uh, you have to understand in Bible times, uh, colors was a luxury. It was not an easy thing to come by. Uh, I mean, most of the stuff was made, uh, dyed, and uh, like it like today. But they wouldn't have uh, they didn't have printing, so you couldn't just print a a fabric and say make a pattern on it, and make uh, different colors uh, and things of that nature. That wasn't easy to do. They could just dip the whole thing and dye that whole thing, or uh, but to make colors would have been difficult. 
And so uh, for him to have a coat of many colors, uh, I don't know, maybe the sleeve was one color and this other sleeve was one color and maybe this side was one color and that side was one color. I mean, uh, that way they could easily put those materials together a little easier than, than trying to, uh, to make it many colors. But regardless, we see that it was a colorful coat and that it signified uh, a higher position. And certainly that's what Joseph had. I mean, his father would send him to check on his brethren. And so uh, there was a little bit of, of privilege that went with uh, Joseph being favored of his father. And certainly there was no doubt that he was favored because his uh, mom was Rachel and he was the eldest. And, and that didn't happen until later after he had had uh, many other brethren by uh, his, the other wives of Joseph or Jacob, excuse me. And so we can see that, um, but we see that, that he had that, that coat, and it signified a higher position. And I think it was given to him, and partially uh, because of his righteousness. I think if Joseph had not been right, I don't know that his father would have favored him. Uh, I mean, you go back and you can read the story. I read it this week just in Family Devotions. We've been going through the book of Genesis and, and we found, you know, we was reading through that and, and you find that all, all the brethren, how they had gone into that town and, and just killed everyone. And, uh, and boy, Jacob was really upset at his sons for that. Now, there was an element of vengeance that they were getting back at them, certainly, uh, but it didn't make it right. And so uh, I think Joseph, because he lived right and did what was right, uh, that there was that, that favoritism partially uh, because of that. And listen, the Bible says in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And so uh, those who hate evil, uh, listen, they're not going to be able to stand it. They're not going to be able to stomach it. They're not going to be able to hang around it. And Joseph certainly had that problem with his brethren. And the Bible goes on in, in Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so uh, certainly there's the, the privileges that came with the purity that Joseph had. And listen, we need to live a pure life. And if we live a pure life, there are certainly privileges that come with that. And God will certainly bless us. One of the verses that we come across in Isaiah 61.10, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with, with her jewels. Listen, there's times of festive, uh, 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 of festive uh, clothing that we would put on. And listen, there's certainly privileges that come with righteousness. I, uh, I cannot tell you uh, how many times that, uh, that people will, just being out in the world, and people will look at uh, my kids and they're like, your kids are so beautiful. And, and I think, you know, sin takes a toll on your life. It does. And you look at people who have lived a hard life, even, even those who have gotten saved later, and, and they, the sin has just taken a toll on their body. There's no denying that. And the fact that Joseph would live a pure life, hey, listen, if we live a pure life, uh, listen, your life will be far better. 
uh, you'll be clothed with that righteousness, not a physical garment, but just the righteousness that uh, certainly is, uh, well, like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, things that the world does not have and things that the world cannot display. Those are some of the, the vestures uh, that we will, their privileges really of living a pure life as Joseph had. And so we find that that is a type, that vesture, that kind of points uh, to the privileges of living a right life. Not only that, but I want you to notice as well some of the privilege, not, the, not just the vesture, but also the vision. Uh, now, I want to say this, and I've said it before, but uh, we understand today that we have the completed Bible. In Genesis chapter 37, I have a secret for you, the book of Genesis had not even been written. He was still living it. And so it had not even uh, been, been recorded. And so uh, what I'm saying is, listen, they didn't have the completed word of God. How did God speak to them? Uh, well, God spoke to them through visions. We certainly don't need that because I'll tell you what, uh, the written word of God is far more clear uh, than, than visions and trying to decide, well, was that the pizza that I ate uh, or was it actually God that was speaking to me? And we don't have a doubt because, listen, we know the Word of God was given to us. We know that it was written down for us. We understand that it was written and given to us. And we can take it and study it. And we can go back and, uh, and revisit that. Uh, I like stuff that are written down. I, I was talking with somebody, and, and uh, I forget who it was. And, and I said, well, you know what? I'll just send all of this to you in an email because I know myself. I want to go back and refer to what was written down. And so if it's written down, uh, I can go back and see it. So we have the completed Word of God, and that's certainly a privilege for us. They did not have that, but nonetheless, God spoke to Joseph in dreams. That was certainly a privilege in his day. That was something that didn't happen to every person. That was something that was uh, considered a great uh, a privilege for him. Look with me in Genesis 37 and verse number 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. Go on in verse number 8. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. In verse 9, it covers another dream that he had uh, that was really the same, same idea and same thought behind it, uh, though it was the stars and the, the sun and the moon uh, that bowed down to his star. And, and the idea was that, uh, listen, that, that, uh, that Joseph would someday be put in a place of authority and that his brethren would be underneath of him, if I could say it that way. In other words, he had a place of authority and a position of power and they were, they were, they were underneath of him. Certainly they did. They came to him asking for bread. They came to him asking for food. They came to him. And it was God that was revealing these things to, to Joseph. And, uh, and what a privilege that they would have, that Joseph would be in communion and conversation with God. Listen, what a privilege that we have as Christians to be in communion and fellowship with God. So many times, 
we take the Bible and, uh, and we take it for granted. We take the fact that we have a church and that we have liberties to meet and unite and sing praises to God and preach the Word of God unhindered and unconcerned. Uh, listen, there are places in the world today, they don't have that. I've been to the, some of the places in, in Peru where uh, you just simply don't have access to a Bible. Uh, you don't just go down to Walmart. They don't have a Walmart. You don't go down to the local bookstore and buy a Bible. They're not selling uh, Bibles in those bookstores. And, and, and so I'm saying this, that so many times we have a privilege that we don't realize that, that many times goes uh, unnoticed. And many of us, uh, I myself, you know, we have four or five Bibles per person. I've got two in my office. I've probably got two or three at home. And, and then I've got one here. And, and what I'm saying is we are so bombarded with some of this stuff that many times we take it for granted and we forget about it. And yet in these times, in Bible times, boy, that God would speak to that person was a great privilege. And I'm saying, hey, we have that privilege every single day as a Christian to be able to commune with God. And to have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us and have the Word of God, what a privilege it, was, it is for us and what it was for Joseph. You know, the Bible says in John 17, 14, Jesus said this, I have given them thy word and, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not, because ye are not, they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. And listen, we shouldn't be shocked and we shouldn't be surprised when the world hates us. We shouldn't be shocked and surprised that uh, Joseph's brethren hated him, that God had communed with him, that God had told him, uh, listen, this is what's going to take place. Joseph had a great privilege uh, of, of being able to see, uh, being shown what was to come in his life. So we see the purity of Joseph. We see the, uh, the privileges of Joseph. I want you to notice his pursuits here in verse number 13. We didn't read this, but go down to verse number 13. His brethren were out busy with the flocks and taking care of them. And in verse number 13, the Bible says, And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he, so he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And we, we find that Joseph uh, went to check on his brethren. And, uh, and that was the pursuit. He was, he was sent after them to go find out. Now Shechem was a good distance from where uh, they were located. And, uh, and listen, Bible times, he didn't just hop on the four-wheeler and say, well, i got to go find my brethren, all right? This was not modern-day farming. Uh, he probably walked. They probably didn't have horses and, and uh, to just go trotting down the, the road. It was common form uh, to travel uh, on foot in Bible times. And so he would travel all that distance uh, and go and find it. And you say, well, wasn't that dangerous? Yeah, it was dangerous. Uh, Joseph was traveling, uh, maybe had some servants with him, but by and large he was traveling by himself and, and there was a danger in him going out there. Not only that, but there was a danger in, in him going to find his brethren that already hated him. 
Now, you don't think his dad was aware of that. I'm sure his dad was aware of it. You don't think Joseph was aware of that. I'm sure that Joseph was aware of that. But nonetheless, we find that Joseph was an obedient son. And he was submissive. He said, Dad, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And again, that's part of the purity of really of Joseph and, and how he was good. And, and he went, you see there in verse 13, he said, here am I. Uh, he was saying, look, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And oh, that we would take that same uh, submissiveness with God uh, and have that same ideal with God. Not only that, but it was a sacrifice that Joseph would have to invest all that time to go and, uh, and go to where his brethren were. Uh, and not only that, but I think it was steadfastness. You look, look with me down there at verse number 16. It says, and he said, I, we'll go back to 15. We'll, we'll read 15 since we stopped at 14. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. This is talking about Joseph as he went to find them. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? Verse 16. And he said, I, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed, for I heard. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And so uh, Joseph was steadfast about what the, the, the business that his father had sent him on. And, uh, and boy, what, a, what an illustration for us, the steadfastness of Joseph. So many times, uh, you know, we would, I remember as a kid, and I, I know I've used this before. My dad would say, hey, go find this thing or go clean this garage, clean the garage. That was one of the big ones I had to do all the time. Go clean the garage. So I'd go out there and, and, uh, and I'd sweep up a little bit and there was dust everywhere. And it wasn't a very nice garage and the garage floor was kind of crooked. And, and so I'd, I'd uh, uh, go out there and I'd sweep up and, and clean. And, and my dad would come out and he'd say, that's not clean. And, uh, and so many times the effort that we put forth, we find that Joseph was diligent and he was steadfast in what his father had given him to do. His father said, hey, go out there and, uh, and, and find your brethren. And he went out and, and we find that he arrived at Shechem and he was wandering around. They weren't there. And he could, have, he could have packed up and gone back home and said, well, I don't know where they're at, Dad. But he didn't do that. He didn't come all this way just to turn around and go back. He, he spent more time looking and he was wandering around in fields and, uh, and trying to find some flocks. And this fella found him and said, hey, what are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for my brethren. And this guy said, hey, I heard that they went to Dothan. And so Joseph then is going to go down to Dothan. And what I'm saying is Joseph was steadfast in the work that he was doing. Uh, even though his brethren hated him. Even though his brethren, uh, you know, if they would have had the chance, oh, Joseph's coming quick, let's, let's duck into this alley. Let's, let's make it difficult for him to find us. Let's, uh, let's not uh, uh, make it easy for him. And, and they certainly weren't interested in helping him by any means, but that just makes the character and the steadfastness of Joseph stand out so much the more that he would be so diligent about what God had given him to do, or his father, rather, had given him to do, that he was saying, and, hey, I'm going to do this job. And he stuck to his role. In verse number 23, you'll find that he was even still wearing his coat. 
In other words, uh, it was significant of his position uh, that he would say, hey, I'm going to go find my brethren and and I'm going to do the job that my dad has given me to do, even though they did not like him. And we find that he did go after that. And listen, that brings us all the way down to the persecution of Joseph. Verse number 18, look at what, what takes place here. The Bible says, And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. There's a few things, there's at least three things that we can pull out of these verses in the persecution of Joseph. I want you to notice uh, the, the, the mindset of his brethren. Look at what it says there. They conspired together against him. They started thinking, oh, how can we get Joseph? Oh, man, Joseph's come. Surely he's going to take back and and tell dad all the bad things that we've done. Surely he's going to hear, man, that guy showed up again. And uh, um, they weren't happy about it. And they started contemplating and thinking, hey, what can we do uh, that we can get rid of Joseph? We don't want him taking that bad report. Uh, How can we take care of this? And they even started thinking about it. And the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. When it starts in the thought process. And it goes from the thought process, and it goes on, and and look at what it says there in verse number 20. He says, Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast hath devoured him, uh, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. They started talking. They were thinking it in the first place, and as they started thinking about it, hey, they started discussing it. Man, what can we do to get rid of Joseph? He's getting on our nerves, and man, he keeps turning up, and, and he's Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, and he's always doing what is right, and he's always telling Dad all the bad things that we're doing. We can't take any more of this. And they thought, we got to get rid of him. And, and they first thought about it. Then even amongst themselves, they started talking about it. And they started plotting. And they started planning. And they started uh, talking about it. Listen, uh, first comes the thought. Next comes the, the, the talking about it. And lastly, look at what they did in verse number 23 through 24. 23 and 24. The Bible says, And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they, they stripped Joseph out of his coat. His coat of many colors that was on him. Boy, they just despised that coat. They despised what it represented. They despised the position and the privilege that it gave them. They despised those things about it. And so the first thing they did, they, man, they took that thing off of him. Said, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's remove Joseph out of his position. Look with me at verse 24. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. It went from their thought process, thinking... This is what we need to do. And them discussing, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then finally, it developed into action. And they did it. And listen, what a, what a, what a uh, portrayance often of what takes place. Things develop up here in the mind. And then pretty soon they start to get talked about. And then it, it just goes right into action. And they actually did it. They took Joseph and they threw him in the pit. Look with me at verse number 28. And, and they're passed by Midianites merchant men, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. And they sold Joseph. They originally wanted to kill him. His brethren were talking about it. 
But Reuben would not, would not allow it. He said, no, no, let's put him in a pit. And Reuben's thinking, Reuben has a tender spot in his heart. Reuben is thinking, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to pull Joseph out of the pit and I'm going to send him back home. But his brethren were like, man, we're killing him. We're done with this. And, uh, and instead, while Reuben is away, uh, they do. They take and they sell him to the Ishmaelites. They say, hey, what good is he dead? Let's get some money out of this. That way we can go party some more. And nobody's here to tell dad what we're doing. And they actually do. They pull him out and they sell Joseph to slavery. Persecution. Listen, even in persecution, we find that Joseph was righteous. And, and Joseph did right. There's a price for doing right. And it's not always easy, and it's not always fun, and it's not always enjoyable, but it's always right to do what is right. And Joseph, will see in his life, time and time again, he stood for what was right, he did what was right, and, and there were troublesome times that came in his life. There were difficulties that came in his life. But I tell you what, every single time, God was with Joseph. And God took care of Joseph, even in the persecution, even in the hard times. The character of Joseph, the purity, uh, the privileges that he garnered, uh, the, uh, the, the pursuits that he went after, uh, and, and then even the persecution that comes, and it came time and time again in the life of, life of Joseph. But God used it all to bring him about to a place where God wanted to use him. And God wanted him in that position. And God used all of that to bring him to those places. So what an incredible... Uh, story that, and, and character really that is displayed in the life of Joseph. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, may we be challenged to be as faithful and as steadfast as Joseph was and to live a life like Joseph did and to be careful of those that, those, there will be those that will hate us. There will be those that do not like us for righteousness sake. May we be aware of that, but may we be steadfast in doing what God would want us to do. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your word and this very detailed picture of Joseph's life. God, we know that there were those that hated him. And yet, God, we know that he continued to stand for you. God, what an example we see in the life of Joseph. God, I pray that you'd help us to implement the character that Joseph displayed in his life in our own lives. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, God spoke in your heart, the altar is open.